0: Cabin Podcast. My name is Anna in Indiana. And I'm Denise. And we are here to talk about episode four of season six, which seems like it's flying by. Yeah. This is the episode titled The The Substitute. Substitute. Do you think that's just about the substitute teacher thing, or do you think that the substitute also applies to the stuff that happened on Island?
2: Um, it was probably, you know, kind of one of those red herring episode titles. Mm Mm-hmm. Um, I actually didn't know the episode title until after it was over with already Mm -hmm. because I don't want to know any of that stuff at all. Right. So I stayed away from it. And so I was watching the episode thinking, man, what are they going to title this one? Mm. And then, um, you know, I kind of laughed later once I found out that it was a substitute since he was the substitute teacher. But I think it, you know, that that's kind of like the first level of the joke. But then the other part is, you know... Someone is substituting for Jacob's spot yes. and everything like that.
0: Yes. To me, I mean, the whole substitution idea kind of goes back to math again. It was the first thing I thought of when I saw the title. I was like, okay, we have the constant, we have the variable, and we have the substitute. Ah. Right? Because if, you, if you're working an equation and you need to, like, plug in, like, okay... I don't, I don't remember much math, but, like, gravity's a constant, whatever, the rate that you fall, or whatever.
2: I try they, to avoid thinking about math whenever possible. It's been a
0: while, but <laughs> sometimes we have to do it for Lost. <laughs> yeah. So we'll make the sacrifice. But, so, if you know certain variables, like, this is always constant, then you plug in those variables, you basically substitute it for something that you don't know yet. It's just like a letter in the, in the formula. And so, so
2: something's going to be, like, substituted for something else. Is next week's episode going to be multiplication?
0: (laughs) Yes. Then (laughs) addition,
2: subtraction.
0: And then the finale. (laughs) No, I was
2: thinking calculus for the finale. Oh, definitely. (laughs) Definitely. (laughs) And then
0: we'll go beyond what I know.
2: (laughs) Like, no calculus.
0: So, um, where should we start with this episode? We have so many good things to talk about.
2: What was your initial thoughts after the episode ended? Wow, I can't stop shaking. (laughs) Yeah. I was pretty much staring at the TV with my jaw on the floor going, oh my God, I can't believe all that really just happened. I was
0: like, let me run upstairs and get ready for some podcasts. <laughs> there are so many good things happening after Lost at Night. There's usually like Black Rock right away, Black Rock podcast. And then um, Axel from Lost Mythos is doing an initial reaction thing where anybody can call in, mm-hmm. which is great. Just like, you know, a couple minutes peace call in, say your piece and then get off. And then... Um, then I stay up for the one that's with uh, Matt from Keys to Lost and Donald and Heath. So if you ever have the need to just talk about Lost right after it airs and into the wee hours of the morning on Tuesday, on Wednesday morning, go to TalkShoe.com and just hang out. Because those aren't even the only ones. Like, there's other ones going at the same time, like Josh Meister and Big mm-hmm. O. Cranky fanatics. so there's a lot of stuff, like, right away.
2: I really wish that I could stay up and listen to some of those, because I love listening in on Mm -hmm. live podcasts, but I just have to get up and have a really, really long day on Wednesday, so I don't think that's ever going to be an option. Yeah.
0: I think one of the biggest questions that people were talking about right away this week was, who is the boy? Yeah. Who is that blonde boy that we saw? First we saw him with blood on his hands, then he disappeared really quickly. Richard couldn't see him. Then he appeared again, and he wasn't bloody anymore, but Sawyer could see him. Yeah. Which I thought was really interesting. And something sparked my memory today while I was listening to the Dharma Dummies, and they had mentioned Kate's horse, and they were talking about other sort of apparitions on the island, but I was thinking that Kate's horse was also seen by Sawyer. Mm -hmm. And I wondered if that was significant that, you know, usually people can't see each other's visions, or they're never at a place where. They, they have the opportunity. Like, yeah. Christian appearing to people usually appears to them when they're alone. There's yeah. no one else to be like, hey, do you see that? But the mm. horse was there, and Sawyer was like, okay, I'm seeing things. And Kate turned around, and it was her horse that was significant to her story. So I wonder if there's something about Sawyer, kind of the way that Hurley can talk to dead people, Miles can read dead people. Maybe Sawyer has this capability of seeing these visions that other people see.
2: Maybe. Um, maybe it has something to do with him being able to read people really well since he is a con man. Hmm. You know, maybe he can pick up on things better. I don't know. That's a pretty big stretch. Maybe. But um, but that did kind of make me think of that's how he knew that um, that fake Locke wasn't Locke right away. And yeah. You definitely. know, the whole like, well, you're not Locke because Locke was scared. Right. And you're not scared. You know, I, I don't think that i would have been able to pick up on that that well Mm-mm. but since fake lock is kind of like running a long con and that's has been so sawyer's sp- whole life specialty. you know i think maybe he's a little bit more a little bit more in tune to things like that hmm. or he just might i don't know it just kind of might be more on his radar because generally you know when i'm talking to people i don't expect for them to be lying to me right so i you know that But since he lies to people all the time, he probably listens for clues or watches for clues a little bit more. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And if you do really start
0: looking and watching Locke's facial expressions, they are very different. Uh Like, he's very focused and not, not, like, shifting his eyes around or, you know, uncertain, looking around. He's, like, focused, staring straight at Sawyer, kind of, like, twitching his eyebrows. Like, really?
2: You really think I'm not Locke, huh? That's interesting. That'd be really hard to... To be playing one character for that long and then playing the alternate version of that same yeah, character. he's really doing
0: an amazing job.
2: But to go back to the boy, who do we think he is? Um, I've seen a lot of people say that he's Aaron. And, you know, maybe he's kind of like taller ghost Aaron, like taller <laughs> oh, ghost no. Walt. Um, and then I think someone else, I think it was C. Floros on Twitter, mentioned that it might be Widmore. Young Widmore? yeah. Huh. which that would be all sorts of mind-bending time travel, but I really liked, you know, the thinking outside of the norm that got right. her to that part. But I was kind of thinking, just in the last minute, what if that was somehow young Locke? Whoa, but we've seen young Locke.
0: But At w- age maybe seven or eight, and this is like ten years old, They you'd think they could get the same actor to
2: yeah, to play that. Maybe, but I don't know. I mean, I truly don't know who it's supposed to be, and I purposefully didn't watch the credits or whatever because Mm -hmm. i don't want to know i'm not going to watch the pop-up video next week to find out but i don't know that's just something i came up with just a minute ago yeah i don't know because i think it would have to be someone who's
0: important to to smock to the man in black and i don't know if he would really i guess it would depend what kind of influence he had on Locke's life but i would think it would be someone who would be more um personally affecting him like i've heard people say maybe
2: it's young jacob Right,
0: I've heard people say maybe it's young Jacob. Really? maybe it's, um, Maybe it's young man in black. Because, I mean, when we saw him, he had kind of salt and pepper going mm-hmm. gray hair, but he could have been blonde as a kid. You really never know. A yeah. lot of people are blonde as kids. Really blonde like that. I mean, I was really I was, blonde as a I kid. I was really, really yeah. blonde. and we both have fairly dark hair now. So, you know, it could, it could be him. Um, other options. I like to think that it's just a manifestation of the island itself. That there is something greater that's establishing the rules Mm -hmm. and I wouldn't be surprised if they would make it into this childlike form or if there were a few more of them around on the island maybe they're the ones causing the whispers to uh stretch that into a different theory okay creepy
2: little kid whispers are way scarier than creepy grown-up whispers there you go that's why it's so scary (laughs) that's way way more scary but you know why does he have blood on him right yeah Oh, and I also heard someone say
0: um, maybe it was like Man in Black had a son at some point. And that was
2: was his son who died. But I don't know. Now, if, if the Man in Black or Jacob had kids, would they be kind of like Percy Jackson, like half human and half god? That depends if these guys actually are gods. Yeah.
0: Because Man in Black made the point in this episode, I used to be human.
2: Yeah. So... Well, he didn't say human. He said he used to be a man. Whoa. Well, doesn't that imply human? Not necessarily. I mean, we I don't know if that we can assume that. Oh, I was assuming that. <laughs> oh. <laughs> um, So
0: then I think the question is, what happened to make him not be a man? Yeah. What changed him into the smoke monster? And from the way Richard reacts, and from the way two episodes ago he said you, that just makes me think that, he wasn't, um, he wasn't expecting to recognize this guy. He wasn't expecting to see this guy around. So I wonder if they thought that they destroyed him at some point, or they thought that they just sort of made him into this nebulous being that could never take human form again. But then Ilana seems to know even more. She seems to know that he can't change form, which how does she know that? Yeah. What makes him stuck the way he is. Exactly. And what made him able to take human form again and has he really been all these people that we've seen all along? Because we keep saying, like, oh, Smoke Monster is Christian Shepherd," and Smoke Monster mm-hmm. is Yemi, and Smoke Monster is Alex, judging, judging Ben. But if he's really stuck in that form, he was there when Ben was judged by Alex. Yeah. And he was there, in bodily form as Locke, when Frank and Son ran into Christian mm-hmm. in the abandoned Dharma village thing. So... Have all these things been something else? Or is it just that he can use the smoke monster to project apparitions of these people? But my thing is that we never see these other people for very long. Right. They kind of come in, say their piece, and they leave. But Locke, we see him there for a long time. Like, he is living with these people day in, day out, and walking around the island. Except, of course, when we got the smoky
2: point of view. Which was awesome. It was really awesome. Did you notice that there was some different sounds There were some different sounds during Smoky Vision. Yeah, I think that, like, we've heard a lot of those. Like,
0: I like the cranking noise where he's like, and it's like, suddenly he was higher up in the air. I was thinking kind of going up a roller coaster. Yes, it did sound like that. And then in between, like, he was, I'm not sure if this was just the way he normally travels, but there would be, like, a very quick white flash, and then he'd be somewhere else. Mm -hmm. Like, he was at the Dharma house, and then he was in the middle of the jungle again. Yeah. So I don't know if he's sort of teleporting, or how that is actually working.
2: I don't know. But um, I I really did love getting Smokey vision yes, for the first time ever. That was great. And well,
0: it's actually not quite the first time ever. As people on some other podcasts I've heard have oh, it really? out, we saw him even as early as season one when Locke was like laying on the ground and then later he said, I looked into the eye of the island. That was more or less from Smokey's point of view. We saw him, well, we were kind of like going through him when he looked at echo he looked at bram
2: yeah but it it wasn't not like, quite the yes, same definitely not the same not the moving around and yeah and yeah do you think that whenever he stopped and picked up the knife do you think that that was at the site of our cabin oh our cabin jacob's cabin it could have been that was the knife that was holding things to the wall, or if he just left his knife there. (laughs) Well, it looked like the weaving knife, but I just, I can't remember if Alana took the knife with her or not. Mm, That's a good point. I don't remember either.
0: Which would kind of be ironic, because that was Jacob's knife, right? It'd be ironic if he was going around using Jacob's knife to... Yeah. Or machete, or whatever it was. Using that to hold Richard captive.
2: (laughs) Yeah. Speaking of Richard, I have to say that I might kind of be right on my theory that... Once Jacob's gone, Richard can be hurt. Hmm. Because we've never seen him really, well, we've never seen him hurt at all before. And we've never really seen him scared like the way he is now. he's terrified. Yeah, I mean, he's scared for his life now. And that only started happening after Jacob's gone. Hmm. So, you know, I, I can't say conclusively, but I think maybe I was right. And Jacob was somehow protecting him. He might be, because the temple seemed the same way. They didn't put a
0: ring of ash around it until Uh they found out that Jacob was dead. I don't know, though. I still think Richard could have been killed before, but maybe he just had a different sort of confidence. Maybe he knew he could be healed easily, and now he doesn't know if he can be healed. Yeah. Because of what's happening with... I'm not sure if he knows about that yet, but he might just know that if Jacob dies, things are going wrong. But did you trust smock when he was saying, like, I would never have kept you in the dark, I would tell you everything, Richard. Did you trust him, or do you think he was just lying to Richard?
2: I don't know, because, you know, I don't know how well we can believe him yet. Mm -hmm. You know, I mean, obviously, if he is in fact a bad guy, bad guys aren't always trustworthy, but at least sometimes if there's a bad guy and they say, hey, I'm gonna do this horrible thing, and then they do it, like, you can feel okay about kind of believing what they're saying Hmm. even if it's something bad you know or I guess if it's something good too yeah I don't I don't know I don't even know if that made sense to anybody outside of my head (laughs) but (laughs) I think it sort of did (laughs) but it made sense inside of my head okay (laughs) so Hmm. so
0: um let's talk about some of the parallels with Locke in the in the flash sideways Okay. I think there were a lot of really good little things that, um, no matter why you think they're doing this alternate parallel or Mm -hmm. sideways flash, I think there are some fun things put in there for us to pick up on.
2: Um, One thing that I noticed is, at least to me, whenever he was laying on the grass and the sprinklers came on, Mm -hmm. he didn't seem very happy about things. You didn't think so? Whereas every time he was on the island and it started raining, he was kind of like basking in the water on him. True.
0: I kind of thought he was fine with it. This kind of like, this is so ironic. Like, <laughs> not only do I try to ramp out of the van and totally fail, then the sprinklers come on it's just like, insult to injury, but he can yeah. kind of laugh it off because he's just that kind of guy who can, you know, not, not make it into a big deal. But I think, um, I want to say that he's probably wearing the same shirt in that that he was wearing the first time it rained on the island, you know, and everyone's like running under shelter in uh-huh. the plane and stuff and he's just sitting there in the rain. Mm-hmm. Um, then I, I also thought that, um, when he was trying to lower the lift in that scene to get out of the car, when it stopped working, when he was hitting the little button, like z- z- uh-huh. z- to me, that made me think immediately of lockdown when he was trapped under the door in the hatch and the lights were kind of blinking in and out. And then he saw the blast door map. Cause that was the same like z- 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 mm-hmm. sound. And so the sound just sort of triggered that for me. And also his alarm clock went off in one of the flash sideways, Uh and it sounded like the alarm in the hatch for the button. Hmm. So the sounds were sort of triggers. And then um, he also said a few lines, like he said, um, actually this was Smock saying it, but he said, pulling your strings like a puppet to Uh Sawyer. And that was something that Locke said in the season two finale. He's like, we're all just puppets on strings. Yeah. So that uh, brought that back to my mind. And let's see, anything else? One
2: thing that I noticed, I mean, it's probably a really tiny thing, but whenever he was sitting in the bathtub, he had a mug with him and it was black and green and white and cream colored, Mm. but the majority of it was black. Uh So I was kind of wondering if that was like a small nod to the foreshadowing of, hey, you know you might turn into something that is black and smoky. So <laughs> In <you're>, another life. <laughs> so your mug is mostly black. Mm. I don't know. That's a pretty far stretch. Maybe. But, but um, you never know with lost. As, and as you were just saying that, I was kind of thinking about his alarm clock. It said 615 mm-hmm. instead of 815, mm. like we're used to. And 15 is Sawyer's number. Aha. Uh-huh. So is. And there's six
0: numbers left. Uh-huh. 615. I don't know. I have a couple other parallels. Um, when... or smock told sawyer you just lived here for a while this was never your house it was exactly like jack and Locke in the flash sideways at the airport when he said it's not your father it's just his body yeah i was like okay that's weird because those are two basically two different characters so we have to keep separate in our mind like there's Locke, and there's smoky lock and then um of course smock saying don't tell me what i can't do yeah (laughs) Uh, i've heard a lot of people saying maybe that is um the real Locke from the Flash Sideways bleeding over into this timeline. Oh, that's interesting. And maybe affecting him more and more. And then um, the line where Locke is in the teacher's lounge and Ben Linus is there, which (laughs) is hysterical, and I've heard that scene played so many times on podcasts today. But um, he says, I was just hoping for some Earl Grey. Or actually, I was just hoping for some Earl Grey. And it sounded exactly like the way... In season five, he said to Ben in the Hydra, in Ben's office, he said, actually, I was just hoping for an apology. Hmm. It was the same intonation, like, very, very similar.
2: Wow. Yeah. Um, I liked the, the parallel of Sawyer's, you know, bringing up the ghost of Christmas past again. yeah. Just like whenever, um, what did he say that, to Faraday? Or
0: he was banging on the, the door of... Yeah of the swan yeah because desmond was in there he wanted open up it's a ghost of christmas but he wanted a shirt and (laughs) some shoes (laughs) which he took from froger later
2: yeah and i mean that just that brings in charles dickens yet again yeah you know definitely yeah speaking of of books we had another book reference this time yeah which was of mice and men um by john steinbeck Mm -hmm. and for the first time i can say this is a book i've actually read long before the episode of lost (laughs) So I was, I was actually super excited about that. Um, I don't know if you've read of Mice and Men, but, but it is basically just like he said, there's George and Lenny, and Lenny's kind of slow, and then um, George has to end up killing him. Um, this is the first time that they've referenced a book and then, like, explicitly said what happened hmm. during the book. That's interesting. But you should read it because it's a really good book. And I used to live in the town that Steinbeck was from. Really? So I was like, yay! Well, that's a really cool connection. <laughs> so I I just, I was so proud to have actually gotten one of the, the literary references. Like, I knew what they were talking about mm. all along. Well, I haven't read the book,
0: but from the description, I think it's interesting that Sawyer was about ready to shoot him. Mm-hmm. But then, um, I mean, it almost seems like from Smock's point of view, it would be Sawyer who's the slow one. The one that he's tricking. So it would be sort of a a reversal there. Uh Uh-huh. What did you think when the boy said, you can't kill him? You know the rules, you can't kill him. Who is him?
2: I don't know. (laughs) Maybe him is whoever ends up being the future candidate. Hmm. But there's six of them. So why would they say them? Well, because only one of them is going to end up being that. But how does he know which one? Well, because maybe he's taller (laughs) ghost-something-of-future-candidate guy. (laughs) I don't know. Ghost of future Christmas past. (laughs) (laughs)
0: Yeah, I'm not sure who I think it is. I kind of... Like, I've heard a lot of people saying Jacob, and I think that doesn't make sense, because he tells him that in present tense. You can't kill him, not you weren't supposed to kill him. Yeah. So it could be Richard Alpert, um, who, if that is a ghost of young Jacob with all of Jacob's knowledge, Mm -hmm. then that would make sense that he's like, you can't kill this
2: guy that, you know, worked for me for so long. Could be Sawyer, could be another candidate. This might be a stupid question, but have we heard the death music for Jacob? I don't remember. Because what if, what if, what he's actually saying is you can't kill Jacob all the way. Like Jacob Mm -hmm. is still kind of there in spirit since he's able to appear to Hurley. Yeah. Yeah. So like maybe you found the loophole and you got rid of 99% of Jacob's powers, Hmm. but there's still just that little sliver that remains. That's interesting. I was also wondering like why Jacob hasn't
0: appeared to the people at the temple. Like why only go to Hurley and only for a couple minutes, but maybe it's because he's in the form of this young kid and he has other things to be doing and he's too busy Mm -hmm. right now to go to the temple and actually warn his own people.
3: Well, instead may- of relying yeah. on chance
0: for that to happen, because it was really, it was just chance. Hurley didn't have to tell them that.
2: He yeah. just happened
0: to mention it in a conversation. Oh, you didn't know? Jacob's dead.
2: Well, if Jacob has supposedly been pushing people along with the absence of their free will, maybe him telling Hurley that kind of forced Hurley to mention that Jacob's dead when he's in the temple so that Jacob himself didn't have to actually go to the temple, but he could rely on Hurley to be the mm. messenger of his That's death. That's true. That would be a very Jacob weaving everything
0: together in a very yeah. complicated way that actually works out. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Um. Let's talk about the cave, and then we should probably move on to some feedback because we have so much to get to. But uh, About how the cave the was cave, totally awesome? Yes. <laughs>
2: I really liked seeing, um, the scale with the black and white stone Mm -hmm. and then, um, and then Fakelock picks up the white stone and chucks it and he's like, oh, inside joke. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. That was really great because when he walked back in the
0: other cave... Um, you could kind of see there was stuff written on the ceiling, uh-huh. and if this was any other season of Lost, you know that the episode oh would have ended God. right there. And I was like, "Oh, we're gonna have to wait so long to find out everything yeah. that's written up there." No, he like goes through them one by one. Okay, this number is this person, and this, like spelling it out so clearly. Yeah. Like, yes, you know we're getting answers when you see things this clearly on Lost.
2: Yeah. But uh, let's just go through the numbers and say who's who. And Okay. Um, four is Locke.
0: Four is Locke, and he got crossed off.
2: Yep. And then eight is Hugo. Mm-hmm. Uh, fifteen is Sawyer, or as he's written on there, Ford. Ford. Um, sixteen is Saeed. Twenty-three is Jack, and forty-two is Kwan. But it's unknown which one of the Kwans—Sun, Jin, or Geon. Uh huh. Yeah, I've heard. I've heard people say that, and that's that's not something I would have ever thought of. But but it. I mean, it could be Geon. But in the other timeline, do we even know if she would exist? I don't know. Does it matter? Well, I don't know. It, it kind of doesn't fit if it was G.E. on just because, you know, Kate isn't on that list, very mm-hmm. explicitly not on the list. And she was the only woman. So. Well, you can also see Littleton written up on the wall.
0: There are a lot of other names. Like, if you study the screen caps, I, I, ha- screen I haven't caps had time ODI. to look at the screen um, caps. Littleton's on there. Troop is on there, the guy that wrote Bad Twin, <laughs> which is like, uh, okay, he died in the pilot. Um, I have. Is Froger written there. on there? I hope no, so. No, but I don't think we actually know his last name. Here are the ones that I could sort of pick out. Strom, I think, is on there.
2: Goodspeed, Littleton, oh, Maggie. Why would Goodspeed be on there?
0: I don't know. Maybe he was considered as a candidate. Barga, Sullivan, Aguila, Troop, O'Toole, Jones. I think some of these just, you know, made up, but of course some of them are obviously pretty uh, important, like... Littleton you... and Strom. Yeah. Miles Strom.
2: Do you think that uh, Lapidus is written on there anywhere?
0: I don't know. I, if anybody out there knows this, I would love to know, but above Shepherd, it almost looks like the beginning of Rousseau. Oh, really? Like it looks like R-O-U and then it. I can't really see what else hmm. is there, but if anybody can actually read that, I would love to know if that actually says Rousseau. Yeah. Because that'd be interesting. I mean, I want to know if everybody who ever crashed on the island, like if Yemi's name was on there or some of the guys that he was with, if Henry Gale's name is on there. I'm just trying to think of like everybody who crashed there at some point.
2: Alpert? What if Albert's name is on there? Or somebody but, else in the Black Rock or Hanso? I mean, those people's names, don't you think that they would be the lower numbers since they were there first?
0: I don't know, because Littleton has, I think, 313 next to it. Really?
2: Yeah. But how many people were supposed to be on the plane originally? I don't know. I mean, wasn't it... But all the people
0: listed aren't people on the plane, so I don't think it's the entire population of the plane, but it's just enough people.
2: Yeah, but what, what I'm saying is, you know, like, our losties were some of the, you know, the last people to get to the island. If there's people on the island, like like Goodspeed or Alpert, if their names are on there, don't you think that the numbers would have started low with them?
0: I don't know. Because they were there first. numbers them. Yeah. Because if these people all came in together and they're the last six, why aren't the numbers closer together? Right. Why aren't they 1, 2, 3, 4, 5, 6? Or 499, 500.
2: Yeah. yeah. And where's Kate? And where's Aaron? Where's Walt? Yeah. You know? Maybe these people weren't actually significant to Jacob or... Maybe like the Sun
0: Jin thing, we don't know which Quan it is. If it were G e. Yan though, then he would still need to bring both of them to the island, cause otherwise they couldn't conceive. So maybe that's Kate's purpose. Maybe she's there to help other people get conceive? there or stay. Well, no, unless the <laughs> shepherd is not Jack. Unless the shepherd would actually be like a shepherd offspring, but he'd have to like marry Kate, and then the baby would be baby Shepherd. But yeah, um, I don't
2: think it would happen in the last like 14 hours of the show (laughs) a little fast (laughs) I totally just had something really awesome and then I just lost it I'm sorry but um do you think that's the last that we're going to really see of the numbers do you think that's our answer on the numbers I have no idea we're not really seeing the numbers themselves that much yet this
0: season except Uh for Locke in the flash sideways saying okay we're studying human reproduction chapter four (laughs) but that was really one of the one of the biggest evidences of the numbers so far yeah. So if they just sort of fade away, that'll be interesting. Why they've showed up so much when all it is is Jacob's random numbers, I don't know. I mean, do you do you trust Smock when he says that the island doesn't need protecting and Jacob just has this thing for numbers, but it doesn't really matter. Nobody needs to replace him. The I island don't, can take care of
2: itself. I don't know. I mean, I guess we have we have no way to know if the island can take care of itself because it has always had a protector of some sort. Mm-hmm. But
0: what's he protecting it from? And what can this one person do to actually protect it?
2: Massive human shield over the island.
0: But he's sitting inside <sighs> a foot,
2: <laughs> or a cave,
0: or a cabin, or
2: a <laughs> well, million other
0: places where he seems to
2: live. <laughs> you probably just need to read more comic books. <laughs> okay. So, what did comic books say about this? I don't know. I was just thinking he could somehow turn into like a massive force shield around the island, like put the island in a bubble. Yeah, but it kind of is already because
0: the whole time thing where people come and go and time's sort of off. Maybe that's what the protection is. So it's not. It wouldn't be protected all the time if if he were in human form to talk to somebody or when he left the island to go.
2: Well, no, no. I mean, like people. Like maybe, maybe, him being able to move the island through time and space like that that is the protection he doesn't have to be physically you know he's not underwater dragging it along right like it's not some like island balloon and he's
0: you know got it. it's just like sort of like an aura around him that sort of spreads out and encompasses the island
2: yeah okay yeah like if he is alive then the island will be able to do this but if he's not then the island isn't able to do you think he was keeping it invisible do you think it can be seen now I don't know.
0: Because maybe he was the one keeping it so that it couldn't be seen from the outside. Maybe people can find it now. Interesting. Maybe time wouldn't be messed up anymore.
2: I like that idea. Yeah. All right. Should we um, end our discussion and move on to feedback? Yep. We have so much feedback and we have so many more things to talk about that we should probably get (laughs) on with it. Yeah. Let's go.
0: we have a huge handful of voicemails to get to, so we're just going to go down in order, uh, mostly the order we received them. So here first is Dan.
4: Hi, Anna Denise. This is Dan from Buffalo, New York. I'm a first-time caller. I just finished watching tonight's episode, and I thought it was very good. So, Alana said that MIB was going to start recruiting. Uh, It so happened that he already recruited James. MIB is MIB already knew James was a candidate. I don't think MIB can kill any of the candidates because they were all touched by Jacob. If he wanted to kill James, he could have many times. MIB needs James to kill the candidates, and MIB will promise James that's how he can leave the island. Once the candidates are gone, MIB will have all the power, and he can go home. Well, that's my theory for tonight's episode. I hope this makes it podcast to hear like what you ladies think. Have a good night.
2: Thanks, Stan. It's really nice to hear from new people. Um, I really like your theory. I mean, that's that's way more than I could come up with. The whole um, wanting Sawyer to kill all the people that Jacob has touched, and that's what makes it so the uh, so the man in black can go back home. I really like it. I I think
0: it's interesting um, the whole thing that Sawyer that Albert said about he wants to kill everybody. Uh-huh. which makes me think of when the freighter came and they were going to torch the island yeah. you know the backup plan was kill everybody and so i wonder if whoever was in charge of that mission was also working for the man in black maybe it has something to do with when everyone else on the island is dead then he's free to go interesting in which case with the the whole um gassing the island and uh-huh. charlotte and, and miles shutting or charlotte and dan shutting that down then we would have come almost very close to him being able to leave couple seasons ago which would have been surprising yeah um i'm
2: on board with this theory
0: but i don't want to see sawyer kill everyone no i don't (laughs) i don't know that he could i mean he kept claiming like they're not my friends but i think deep inside i think for some of them at least he would care
2: unless he had some sort of like psychotic break after juliet died and it really broke something inside of him Mm -hmm. i think that Because of that, he might be able to kill some people, but I don't think he could kill Kate.
0: Yeah, I don't think he could kill Hurley either, and probably not Miles. Yeah. So, I mean, I don't know if it would have to be everyone on the island or just the candidates, but that'd be a lot of people to kill, and I I just don't think he would do it.
2: I I don't think that he would, but I could definitely see the smoke monster wanting that to be the plan.
0: Yeah. I don't know. It depends whether or not the smoke monster is able to kill Sawyer. Because I could see him trying to just kill Sawyer, and that would be the means to get him off the island somehow. Kill one and the rest fall in line? Well, if he just <laughs> needed- like, more like he needed him as a sacrifice in some way that- I don't know. I don't know how it would work. But if he killed Sawyer at the right time, then- if he can't change form, though, again, I don't know what he would do. Because it's yeah. not like he would take Sawyer's body and leave. I have no idea. <laughs> <laughs> Thank you, Dan, though. We appreciate that that email or that voicemail. It's definitely making us
2: think. Yeah.
1: Hey, ladies. This is uh, Bill with Behind the Cutting Edge. And uh, that was an awesome episode. We got to find out some insight on the numbers. That was really blowing my mind. Uh, someone had posted on Twitter what those numbers, who they were. Let me look real
5: quick here.
1: That would be... Shaggy Steve lost on Twitter. Four is Locke. Eight is Hurley. Fifteen, Sawyer. Sixteen, Saeed. Twenty-three is Jack. And forty-two is Kwan, which we don't know who or which one. Or maybe it's the combination of the two. Maybe that's the whole forty-two. Anyway, I uh, love your show. Thanks, and talk to you later. Bye-bye.
0: Thanks, Mr. Bill. It's good to hear from you. I think he called that in pretty much as soon as the episode aired, so we were so excited to find out what the numbers were. Uh, did you have a comment?
2: Um, actually, listening to Bill's voicemail reminded me of the part that I was going to say earlier whenever we were talking about the numbers. Um, if, in fact, the naming conventions for Korean married names are what Wikipedia says they are, <laughs> and, um, and Sun wouldn't actually be going by Kwan I wonder if that would technically eliminate her from the running mm. of being the candidate, but it might still include G.E. on.
0: That's true. That's true. It would definitely uh, definitely make it seem like a stronger case for Jin.
2: Yeah. Especially since we already
0: saw just a couple episodes ago that she was called Miss Pike uh-huh. in The Flash Sideways. Maybe they were doing that to remind us of that.
2: Yeah.
0: I think that makes a lot of sense. I think it also depends when... Jacob made the list. Did uh-huh. he, If he made it before they were married, because we've seen that he's been working on this for a long time, then Quan would be Jin. Yeah, before they were married. but yeah, we don't, we don't really know about that. But thanks, Bill. Yeah, thank you. All right, next voicemail.
3: Hello, Anna. This is the J.D man. And about last week, that was the most incredibly awesome episode of Jacob's Cabin ever. Thank you. And about my... Your response to my comments last week. Well, I'll just say... That there's a reason... You own... Run and... Do the Jacob's Cabin Podcast with co-host Denise. And the reason why I... Um, do other things. Yeah. Anyway... Nothing too groundbreaking this week. I am glad they brought Helen back for the, uh... You know, the actress Katie sagal has been on Married with Children, which she did a great job on. And this show, Sons of Anarchy, which is going into its third season and is a good show in itself. So I'm glad they brought her back. And there seems to be some kind of negative buzz around the, uh sideways things and I'm not sure if that's going to tie into the story or not that might just be you know if things happen this way this is what happened you know and you kind of like this episode you get to have the uh, happy ending for Locke that didn't happen you know uh, to Island Locke course he wasn't island lock at the time he was killed now I shouldn't concentrate too much on that anyway I think that's all I got for now and I'll talk with you later oh wait I forgot to point out the incredibly awesome lock spider which I'm sure you're aware will be the thing that the entire series is built upon Anyways, that's it. Now, I will talk to you later. Yeah, that makes no sense said aloud.
2: Thanks, JD-man. Um, I hear Anna was a pretty big fan of the uh, the lock spider. <laughs> well, I later found out it was probably a crab. <laughs> yeah. But
0: JD and I were talking on uh, Twitter about that immediately during the episode, during the commercial, I think. <laughs> he said something about a spider, and I was like, oh, a spider! I hate spiders. So, yeah, I
2: went back and read that, and I, I never read it as spider. I always thought that it was a crab. Either way, crabs are like the arachnids of the ocean <laughs> <laughs> just like i think that shrimp are the cockroaches of the ocean uh-huh. <laughs> no i am terrified of spiders also so i'm really glad that it wasn't a spider because we have like a decently big tv and i don't like the idea of a spider being that big even if it's just from tv size yeah, i jump back from our tv i know <laughs> um but, uh, all right, JD
0: Man was also thanking us for the uh, Claire's Got a Gun little song that was in the bloopers last week in case people didn't uh, well, listen through. To
2: unfortunately, that. we did not have a recorder at the Percy Jackson movie because Anna started making up a rap song. <laughs>
0: For uh,
2: Claire's Got a Gun, and it was really quite wonderful. She is full of hidden talents. Wow.
0: I don't even remember what I sang. saying. Okay. It was awesome. Uh, moving on. I actually heard uh, Janie's Got a Gun on the radio today. <laughs> but, um, oh, one other thing that I'm really glad J.D. Man brought up Helen. Mm-hmm. Because she has this interesting line that we haven't talked about yet where she says, we'll just, you know, run away and get married with my parents and your dad. And that's another big question kind of going around the lost community is why does he have a good relationship with his dad? Apparently he had a picture on his desk at work before he got fired of himself and his dad. I noticed that. So why is he still in a wheelchair or is he still being conned by his dad?
3: Did, his, did Anthony
0: Cooper figure out, okay, it's better to con the person and then, you know, keep up the relationship so he's still pretending like it's okay? Did he not take his kidney at all? Did something else happen to Locke, because that's just his destiny, is to be paralyzed, no matter what?
2: Yeah, I mean, I mean, I hadn't even thought of that. It seems like such an obvious thing, but I totally just, it slipped my mind. I mean, how did he get paralyzed now? Do you think he was maybe, like, born paralyzed?
0: I don't know. The other thing is, how would he meet Helen then? Because he met her at the anger management support group. And he was there because he was angry with Anthony Cooper for stealing his kidney. You know, you want your $30 back? I want my kidney back. Interesting. So you kind of have to trace it back. And it's hard to tell exactly how far back it goes, that things were different. Hmm. Yeah, I hadn't thought about that. Yeah, well, maybe we'll get more answers or maybe we'll just wonder about it forever. (laughs) All right, let's have another voicemail.
5: Top of the morning, Anna and Denise. This is Trent from the Manners cast. I hope you guys are doing well. I have an alternative naming scheme for the others. Uh, the three sets that thereof. Uh, the ones with Richard Alpert are obviously going to be the others. The ones that were Jacob's bodyguards could be the Nethers. And the folks in the temple trying to protect or hopefully protecting our Losties could be the Druthers. And anyone who is friends with Desmond could be the brothers. Snap!
0: <laughs> Alright, thank you, Trent. The Others, the Nothers, the Druthers, and the Brothers. <laughs> I like All it. Alright, if only we had a name now for Smokey Lock.
2: <laughs> <laughs> what else could rhyme?
0: Well, I mean, we have Smock and Flock and No, no, I'm saying but... to rhyme with
2: everything else.
0: Oh, pretty much everything rhymes with Smock mock
2: no no to to rhyme with others oh with
0: others (laughs) um i don't know i don't know if there is anything else i can't think of mothers
2: yeah that'd be kind of weird true Zothers with a z ah that'd be nice
0: all right let's have another voicemail
4: hey anna and denise this is jed from lofties with jed and Kara. I loved The Substitute so much that I just had to call into your show and exclaim my love for the episode to you guys, too. Um, actually, no, I just had a few notes. I just watched it again over lunch today and scribbled more notes of really cool things that I found. I just want to lay a few on you. But uh, first, I wanted to say, wow, what a great needle drop they did of Iggy Pop and the Stooges' Search and Destroy. Uh, we used it on our show, two versions. I love that song, and I'm glad Lost has included it. Something um, I read in uh, Doc Jensen's EW article today, he mentioned that Sawyer's um, sort of decision to go with Locke is kind of his final long con, his most dangerous and final long con. He realizes, uh, because Richard says, that he's going to kill all of his friends, that uh, he needs to do something about this. I hadn't thought about uh, it that way. I just sort of thought that Sawyer was... Uh, on a destiny with, with death, because he didn't have anything to live for. And I like the idea that he, he thinks that this uh, Locke character is threatening his friends, and he's gonna do one big long con on him, the most dangerous he's ever done. I, I like that idea. Uh, something again that I missed in our initial reaction, Locke, uh, the, 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 the image of Locke looking in the mirror. We've had that in LAX, when Jack looked in the mirror, and Kate. And what Kate does when she looks in the mirror, looking at uh, holding the orca well in her hands and looking into the mirror. And again, last night, when Locke's in the bathroom and he thinks about calling Jack, he's looking in the mirror. I thought that was fantastic. And then finally, it was just sad to see that Clara Littleton's name had been scratched off on the walls in the cave. I I didn't see that in the show, and to finally realize it was sad to see that she's actually dead. Ah, terrible. What a brilliant episode! I loved it. I hope uh, hope you guys loved it too. I know you guys loved it too. I'm excited to hear your show. Take care,
0: Jed. We definitely agree with you. We love this episode too, and your excitement is contagious. So, um, let's see. To respond to some of your points, that I think is a really great perspective. Seeing this as Sawyer's last long con, and not just, um, I don't have anything else to live for. It it would be kind it of like it makes it less sad. It would be less sad, but it also sort of be like a kamikaze suicide mission. Yeah. Like, I'm going to do this no matter what, mm-hmm. and I might die doing it, but at least I'll die to protect my friends, if he cares about that. Yeah. I don't know. He he seems so depressed, he might just be doing this all for himself. Yeah. But the fact that he even went with Smock to the cave and risked his life, and even even just to get up off the couch and stop drinking, I think shows that, there's, there's some curiosity in him about, yeah. why am I here? What is the bigger purpose of all of this? Yeah. So it would be great, I think. I agree with you that it would be so great if it were just one huge long con, and Sawyer's going to surprise us and, you know, stab Smock in the back, basically. And then you brought up Locke looking in the mirror, and that's happened with everyone so far that we've seen in the... In the flash sideways, which I'm gonna is make cool. a
2: note to look for that in the next episode. Yeah, because again, I'm be
0: surprised I, if it happens for everyone. Yeah,
2: I don't know what's coming up. I don't know episode titles mm-hmm. or anything, but I'm gonna make a note to remind myself to look for that.
0: Yeah, I think uh, that would be a really cool thing they could do. It's sort of be like Alice in the looking, Alice in Wonderland, and through the looking glass, mm-hmm. that sort of thing. And then uh, Claire's name, Littleton, is scratched
2: off the wall. I don't know if that means that she's dead. I don't want her to be dead. I, you know, maybe she really is just the new and improved Claire Russo.
0: Yeah. Or maybe being infected removes you automatically from candidacy. I but don't know that you necessarily have to be actually Saeed dead. Saeed isn't marked off. Not yet, but Jacob's also dead, and that happened after Jacob died. Yeah. And I don't know if Smock would necessarily know that, so he wouldn't know to mark him off. He only knew Locke, because obviously Locke's dead. But I don't know that you'd have to be dead, you just have to prove by some other means that you're not a good candidate, which would probably just be being infected and being full of this darkness
2: so why is kate not a candidate still <laughs> maybe she's already full of darkness from murder or she's just too annoying well if it's too full of darkness from murder okay I mean, okay that everybody no- <laughs> that I knocks off almost everyone for
0: some death but i don't know maybe she's just not necessary or she's necessary for other parts of the puzzle
2: hmm
0: i don't know uh let's hear another voicemail we have so many voicemails today
5: Hey, Anna and Denise, it's me, Axel, from the Lost Mythos Theory cast and the Lost Mythos live call-in show every Tuesday night at 11.30 p.m. on Talk Show. Anna was kind enough to join us for our inaugural show, and I just wanted to give you guys a call. I love your show, of course. And I just wanted to say, I have a little comment here, which is, you know, um, the man in black and Sawyer seem to be teaming up. And they both want to go home. And everyone keeps on talking about them going to the temple because the reaction that the temple people had. But so far, the only way we've seen to get off the island, if you don't have a sub or some kind of special bearing in a boat, is to turn the donkey wheel. So I'm very much wondering if what um, MIB is trying to do is recruit as many people as possible to go with him and turn the donkey wheel or maybe break it or something of that nature. I just feel like we're going to go back there. Um, So that was just my comment to think about. And uh, I know there's so many other great things. Why Kate wasn't one of the numbers, you know, was, um, was the man in black a candidate at one time? Was Jacob the only Jacob? Were there more Jacobs before him that weren't named Jacob but were named something else? anyway love your show um and you guys are awesome and take care and peace out later
2: thanks axel we really enjoy listening to your show too it's a lot of fun your show um so multiple jacobs
0: or just was there somebody
2: fulfilling jacobs role before
0: jacob was there I think that would sort of tell us if he's actually doing something or not, or if this is just a job that he invented for himself. Like, Yeah, or well, if I'm it's this just island, a game. Yeah, I better just make up an
2: important-sounding role for myself on the island, or, yeah. you know, if he really is a protector. And if if he is not the first Jacob, as it were, mm-hmm. um, how did the first one fall out of power? How did the first one even get there? Yeah.
0: was he Was Jacob himself brought there? Was Man in Black brought there? Like Axel was asking, could the Man in Black have been a candidate at one point and then something went wrong or were they really in it together? Cause he says that they were friends. They used to be friends, Uh old friends. So, you know, were they, were they planning something together or did one of them get brought by the other at some point?
2: Yeah. I still want to know, you know, like Axel was mentioning about um, the man in black and Sawyer wanting to go home. Well, we know where Sawyer's home is, but we still don't really know where the man in black's home is. Yeah. That's where a really where good point. would he go? I know. And what is it that's at his home that he really wants to get back to? Maybe he really loves his pillow. Cause I mean, <laughs> you cannot overestimate or under wait what <laughs> underestimate. You, yeah, you can't underestimate a good pillow. Hmm.
0: Okay. <laughs> so he wants to go home to his comfortable place where he yeah he lives.
2: Huh. Yeah.
0: Maybe. Um, is there a person waiting for him at home? I mean, surely everyone he knows is dead. He's not going to have, like, a children or a wife.
2: Maybe there's a pink smoke monster for his wife. <laughs> oh, no. And then, like, little wisps of smoke for the smoke monster That's
0: kids. That's cute, but I don't think he became smoke until he came to the island. After he was a man, then he got yeah. somehow converted into black smoke. Probably.
2: Um, I like the idea of recruiting people to break the donkey wheel.
0: Yeah, that's interesting. I was actually wondering today as I was listening to podcasts whether, um, since we saw Christian down there in the chamber and we were thinking he was smoky, what if all the times that the island was shifting through time at the beginning of season five, what if it was a smoke monster down there turning it? You know, because we kind of saw that it was sort of moving... Off its
2: axis? Yeah,
0: when Locke was down there, but what if it was smoky, like, keeping it off its axis and and pushing it again and again and making the island move, because... He had to know that would cause a lot of destruction, right? I mean, people were getting nosebleeds and dying and just causing all kinds of problems. Mm, interesting
2: idea. Yeah. I like it. It's probably not right, but <laughs> that's all I can think of. All hey. right. Thanks, Axel. We really appreciate yes. it. And I need to listen to your show tonight because I haven't listened to any shows yet for yes. this week.
0: and everyone should come and call in to the call-in show. And you don't have to be a podcaster to call in. You can be anybody. Uh-huh. It's great. It's very fun.
1: Hey there, Jacob's Cabin and Sergeant Drano from Station 7 on Lost TV calling with a, an idea about the test that was given to Saeed to determine if he was infected or claimed or whatever. And, of course, it was usual that we'd think that Saeed pretty much acted like CIA would normally act. So what was it about the test that he failed? Uh, my, best guess is that, um, my best guess is that when they blew the ash over onto his chest, we know the ash is something that stops Smokey uh, from affecting a certain area, I guess. Uh, what revealed that he was infected was when they stuck him with the hot uh, poker, uh, the wound did not heal up, he was still burned. So the fact that everything was normal and didn't heal up right away, as if it would uh, if he if Smokey wasn't there, uh, maybe that meant that Smokey had infected him. See my thoughts, see, remember that the bullet wound healed up right away because he had been in that water for a while. Uh, maybe if Smokey hadn't affected him, maybe maybe the burn mark would have healed right away too since he had just been in that water. But maybe with the ash there, uh, if he was clean, maybe that's what made it not heal right away. So that's my best guess. I'll uh, talk to you guys later. Bye.
0: Thanks, Drina. We appreciate you... Uh... Sending in some extra feedback about what Kate said and, uh, Saeed's whole torture thing, which definitely kind of struck us as kind of odd, not knowing how the test worked out. Um, I guess, uh, I guess it could be that he was burned and didn't heal right away, but I don't know. I mean, do you think that he would need to be, um put in the water again for it to heal immediately? Because that's kind of what I would think. Like, I don't know if he would be actually infused with enough of the water that would carry over. And plus, his original bullet wound was a huge scar. It's not like it healed to the point that it wasn't there at all. Yeah. So, I I don't know if if the hot poker and the burning would tell them much. I I just thought it was strange that Dogen stared at Saeed's face Uh quite a lot while he was doing that. I mean, I think he must have been looking for some other sign, but... Really, I really yeah, have no idea what know. he was looking for. But the poker, I don't know. I mean, I've heard people say maybe it was a branding like Juliet got, but that seemed to be a very specific type of brand, not just a random, here, we're just going to slap a big piece of burning iron on you. And, yeah, hers you was know. a
2: specific shape. this yeah. was just kind of stabby looking. Yeah. It just
0: seemed to be like stage three of the test. One is the ash, two is the electrocution, and three is stabbing with a burning poker, but... I really, I can't say. What would stage
2: four have been? I don't know. Amputation?
0: (laughs) Well, stage four was death by poison. (laughs) Which they didn't get to. Yeah. right. time for another voicemail. Hello, Anne and Denise. This is
6: Alan from Schaumburg calling it again this week after episode four of season six. The Substitute. Uh, A few notes for you ladies this week. Uh, Number one, I have to say that I always enjoy the John Locke episodes um, more so than some of our other main Losties, i.e. Kate, no doubt. And and I think that is um, for a few reasons. But mainly, I think the Locke character really encompasses that aspect or that quality within all of us that asks, is this it? And they're always striving for more to um, achieve, you know, to achieve and to better ourselves, and just to think that uh, we're part of a bigger, a bigger picture, and um, a bigger world that uh, truly needs us. So, it's uh, it's always good to see, uh, you know, the Locke episodes and the the Locke character exploring those um, those issues. Uh, regarding this alternate timeline, I have to say this is the most interesting. I've had in the timeline, even going back to the season premiere, uh, that may be because of the John Locke slash Helen storyline, which brings me to my next point, which is uh, I had almost forgotten about Katie Siegel as Helen, uh, John's fiance, but I uh, have been seeing Miss Siegel in uh, Sons of Anarchy, which is another show I watch on FX, and uh, they, they have a really good dynamic, and it was good to see her brought back to explore that a little bit more. Um, Next point The young Bloody Jacob I want to call him The boy in the woods Um, I believe that is Jacob And I'm hearing some chatter Regarding that That seems to be the consensus right now I think the writers cast that boy in particularly because of his resemblance To the adult Jacob And it'll be interesting to see How uh, he plays into the story now His appearance sure did surprise uh, fake Lock. Uh, nice turn there. Uh, next point, I like Fake Lock recruiting Sawyer. I think Sawyer's in a really vulnerable spot now and that's uh, I could see the, those two forming an axis against Jack and Kate and uh, the Temple others and uh, with that in mind it was kind of cool to see the smoke monster's first person perspective perspective as it was traveling through the Forest to Sawyer's cabin. That was an interesting way, a neat way to open up the episode. The numbers in Jacob's cave, we'll say. That was a nice little new twist on the numbers aspect. And uh, I really enjoyed seeing the numbers associated with each of our lofties. In closing, I have a question for you ladies. I couldn't recall myself, but when was the last time we saw Locke and Sawyer together? I think it was before. Locke flashed to um, to L.A. or New York, I want to say. Maybe it was L.A. when uh, he broke his leg. I think that was the last time we saw one another, but I wanted to ask you to. And in closing, now that we've uh, seen what appears to be Jacob's Ladder, are we going to have to rename the podcast Jacob's Ladder Podcast? Uh Ann and Denise, thank you again. Enjoy listening to the podcast, and we'll eagerly await your thoughts. Have a great week. We'll catch you next time.
0: Thanks, Alan. We do appreciate hearing all your thoughts on your likes and dislikes of the episode and the, the things that were exciting to see. Um, so, you asked us specifically, uh, when when was the last time we saw Locke and Sawyer together? I think it was um, in the beginning, towards the beginning of season five, when Locke fell down into the well.
2: Yeah, I think so.
0: that That would have been it, and then he went off-island and then came back dead, so... That would be the last time they interacted. So for Sawyer, it would have been three years. Yeah. And he was sort of waiting for Locke to come back and probably gave up waiting eventually. So I think that was it.
2: Yeah. I did like your thoughts about why people tend to like the Locke flashbacks better because Mm -hmm. it seems to be more about, you know, figuring out if we are part of a bigger picture. Mm -hmm. And, you know, that is a pretty universal question. Mm-hmm. So, I mean, that that really could be a part of why his flashbacks tend to be the best. Also, he's just a really awesome actor, mm-hmm. and he's not annoying. Yeah. And also, um, Alan was talking about the boy and how a lot of
0: people are assuming that the young boy is Jacob, but um, I think it's interesting that everyone wants to assign a name to him, that he has to be someone that we already know. He can't just be a random temple other. He can't just be, like... The essence of the island in bodily yeah, but form. Yeah, that's like, what
2: that's what we do on Twitter and in podcasting. Because otherwise, how are we going to refer to? But it's them? so
0: hard with this one because we did the same well, we with Baby really Ethan. We can't really pick a name for this kid yet, right? We we'll just call him Bloody Kid. We can call him Bloody Kid. <laughs> but I mean, it's so hard because most of the most of the names that we would pick, the age doesn't make sense at all. No, that's the hardest part. But thanks for your comments, Alan. We appreciate that. Hi, Anna
7: and Denise, it's Luna Soley. I was calling, uh, first of all, to say I love your show. I think I've been listening much from the beginning, and it's the first time I've called, but you guys are great. I love your perspective. Um, but I had an idea. Tell me what you think. Did you get the feeling, watching um, Smoky Locke talk to first uh, Richard Alpert and then Sawyer, um, that it seemed kind of like um, the serpent offering that apple of the tree of knowledge to um, Adam and Eve. Um, it was because he was saying, um, first he was saying, oh, didn't Jacob tell you anything? Don't you think Jacob wants you to know anything? Um, and he's like, I'm the one who has all the answers. Just follow me. Um, so I got the distinct feeling it was very much like um, like that um, come, take some of the sight of the tree yeah. of knowledge. Uh, you know, it's only going to make, you, make things better for you, if you know. Um, I like that reference. Also, um, uh, this is from a different, uh, instead of uh, the Bible, this is more mythological, but um, Smokey talking to um, uh, Sawyer at the end, it seemed to me that it was um, sort of like a, A spirit trying to get a mortal to, like, open Pandora's box, something the spirit cannot do on its own, but needs a mortal to do, without the mortal even really knowing what it's doing, just to be tempted, here, you'll get what you want. If you just do this small thing for me, it won't hurt you at all. Not knowing that opening that box is what's going to cause more problems than they can even ever imagine if they say loose, smoky, and let him out of the island to go roam free to wherever he calls his home, um, just some interesting thoughts uh I really enjoy you guys and uh as a as a mom with young kids you help me my washing dishes and my doing laundry go a lot more uh, more enjoyable uh when the kids are asleep so um you guys do a great job keep going and talk to you later. bye.
0: Thank you so much for your voicemail. We really enjoyed that. Unfortunately, we couldn't quite catch your name. Uh, I don't know if it was Linda or Lena or Lena or what, but um, call back again and, you know, leave us some more thoughts, and uh, hopefully we'll be able to catch your name. Sorry if the voicemail is kind of uh, a little bit fuzzy at times. So Yeah,
2: you had some really great thoughts. Mm-hmm. And I I mean, I wouldn't have, have put together the ideas about um, Smokey Lock kind of being like the serpent or with the Pandora's box, mm-hmm. but that, those were really good observations. Yeah, I think so. And
0: even just the connection again to Adam and Eve, Uh-huh. which seems to be recurring theme on the show a little bit. Like we keep wondering, okay, who's going to be Adam and Eve? Is it going to be the people that the man in black is going to tempt somehow? Uh-huh. Are they going to end up being Adam and Eve that get stuck in the cave because they were foolish and they listened to the serpent and listened to his lies and gave into temptation in some way. Mm-hmm. So uh, that'll be interesting to see
2: that if it plays out. Um, anything else? Um, great thoughts, and I really enjoyed listening to you. You're just really fun. Yeah, we really enjoyed your voicemail, if you can tell. <laughs> <laughs> and I'm really glad that we help you do laundry and and housework because that's kind of when I listen to some of the podcasts too when I'm washing dishes. Excellent. Definitely.
0: Great. All right. Here's the last voicemail that we have, and then we'll move on to do some comments from email and the blog.
1: Hi, Anna, Denise. This is Jay uh, from Gainesville, and I really like your show. Um, I loved the last episode, and I wanted to um, tell you guys about a the theory that I have. Um, I think that the alternate timeline wasn't um, initiated when the bomb went off but rather it is a reflection of the world without Jacob in it. Um, So when Ben killed Jacob, that created the ultimate timeline, and that's what we're watching. Um, Not sure why, but that's my theory. Thanks.
0: Thanks for calling, Jay. Your theory is very intriguing. Um, I'm not sure exactly how it would happen, but it, it would be an interesting thought if Ben killed Jacob and it sort of... Wiped out Jacob's life and wiped out his
2: past. Wiped out everything he had done in the past, to, uh-huh. to make it like he never existed. Yeah, um, in some books that I read, the Wheel of Time books, they have this like kind of ultimate weapon
0: that they do with their their power, and it's called Balefire. And when you you do that, you basically burn someone out of the pattern, is what they call it. And it sort of takes out the past few minutes of that person's life too. It, like undoes what they've what they've done recently. But this, I mean, this would be a massive undo. Yeah. To undo... Centuries, maybe. Right, who knows? Because, I mean, like we were talking about, you don't know how far back some of the changes go, and if he influenced things like Locke's father, or... um, Locke's paralysis. Right, or Ben being off the island um which is also weird uh someone might bring it up later in a in a comment or something but i've heard some people mention this that it it is strange that ben is off the island because at the point when the bomb went off he should have been laying recovering from getting healed in the other's camp right yeah in 77 so how is it that he got off the island if it's underwater in this flash sideways
2: no he wouldn't have been in 77 he would have been in 2007 no young
0: ben oh sorry sorry. yeah yeah young ben sorry so he would have been healing from his injury still yeah so how is that possible that he would be off the island
2: doesn't really make
0: sense i don't
2: know but i but i like the idea of you know we keep thinking that the incident is what caused everything the incident did this Mm -hmm. The incident Mm -hmm. did that well i like i like your idea jay about the incident not being the cause mm-hmm. because if lost, if lost has told us anything it's to think outside of the box yeah and that time is sort of fluid you can play around with time yeah
0: we've seen that coming and going from the island and in a lot of other ways so yeah thanks for uh thanks for sparking some thoughts on that mm-hmm Okay, we're going to try to get some of these blog comments and email comments in, and we really have a lot of these too, and I know that we're already at over an hour, so we're going to try to keep it under an hour and a half, so um, I might have to summarize some of these, but uh, we, we do love hearing all these comments. There are a few shorter ones, so um whispers of lost said the young boy I'm not giving up on Aaron somehow making an impact on the story as it unfolds don't know how to explain the age difference as he would only be three years old but there's something there can't put my finger on it yet or some link to Charles Widmore I thought tonight was awesome and also some comments about could Jacob and the man in black be working off the same list for their recruiting and their candidacy and stuff. Interesting. Yeah. Very interesting. And again, with the Aaron thing, I I don't know how it would work because he's three and this boy was obviously, you know, 10, 11. Taller ghost Aaron, just like taller ghost Wolf. (laughs) Alright. We can go with that. Tampa Pirate says about this episode, It was insane. It is apparent that the Quan has to be Jin because all the other numbers are guys. I am still kind of lost. But it is like a demented Willy Wonka in the Chocolate Factory. This is insane. That goes along with our theory with uh, Korean married names. It does, but we also know already that all the other numbers aren't guys. If there's Littleton up there, unless there was some other ancestor of her, like her mother's, if um, her mother's father was a Littleton and unless he was there at some point. Aaron's last name was Littleton. It could be Aaron, but he's already crossed off. So I know. Why would he be crossed off? Because he needs a replacement now.
2: Yeah. And yeah, they don't want to wait be. for him to grow up. Now,
0: this is interesting because Tampa Pirate mentions Willy Wonka in the Chocolate Factory, and I know we also have an email I think from Coke Logic and he also mentions Willy Wonka in the chocolate factory. You've seen this movie? Oh yeah. Okay. So the whole idea of you bring these people in and they just think they're there for fun and then you're actually testing them uh-huh. to find the one who's gonna replace you. So that's a really interesting thing that I hadn't really thought about until these people started pointing it out. Yeah, so. I wouldn't have thought of it. Yeah. Uh, Becky also wrote on the blog that she thought of Aaron immediately when she saw the blonde boy. Um, She also pointed out why is John Locke's father invited to the wedding and John Locke's still in the wheelchair. And she says that she's glad we came back to the numbers. I was really worried we would never see them again. We still don't know what they mean, but now I have hope that we eventually will. And the best part, Ben Linus as a European history teacher. That seems perfect. I know. I think he'd be a good history teacher. (laughs) I think he'd be kind of annoying as a teacher. He just seems sort of
2: annoying. (laughs) He'd probably give really hard tests.
0: Yeah, he probably would. Lost Variables wrote, I found it interesting that just a scene or two after Sawyer pointed out that he knew Smoky Lock was not original lock because original lock was scared all the time and Smokey wasn't. We saw Smoky Lock become scared. When he ran after the boy, I thought he seemed frightened and he screamed the classic lock line, don't tell me what I can't do. And uh, he also has another paragraph here about some of the bleeding over that might be happening with, mm-hmm. with lock and the uh, flash sideways lock kind of bleeding into Smock, Smoky Lock, on the island, and I think that's a good point. When, when Smock was running and he tripped, yeah, he did seem kind of scared or uncertain
2: at that point. It doesn't seem like the smoke monster would fall prey to tripping over some branches either. Maybe. I don't know. I was trying to think. and I feel like there are other
0: places in Lost maybe where people fall and you just see someone's feet and then you look up and you see the person, but I'd have to do a lot more research before yeah. I actually said something about that, but I, I feel like that's happened before, so... Uh Jason wrote on the blog that uh, the most important question that is brought up in this episode is where are Rose and Bernard on the island? And also why is Rose in California when she's supposed to be in New York? Yeah. Rose and Bernard were from New York originally, yeah, but the she's Bronx. working, yes. And she pointed that out the first time they heard the smoke monster like, "Oh, yep. that sounds familiar." And then yeah, so why is she working for Hurley's company or is this just um We're just going to see that everybody is sort of in the same area there. Yeah. Everybody's going to end up in L.A. That'd be interesting. DJ Chow wrote, Wow, one of these episodes that leaves you dazed and confused. Leave it to a professional con man Sawyer, to know there wasn't Locke. Locke and Sawyer are two of my favorite characters on Lost, and for this to basically just be almost two of them was awesome. I agree with that, DJ Chow. I'm thinking that The Flash Sideways is going to play a bigger picture to the overall ending of Lost. Maybe The Flash Sideways isn't showing us the lives of them if they never crashed, but showing us the lives of them if Jacob wasn't part of that timeline to influence them in any way. The cave scene was the highlight, Flock throwing away the white stone and telling Sawyer it's an inside joke was priceless. Maybe this Flock character was a candidate brought to the island like everyone else, but didn't believe in what Jacob was doing and turned on him. That's kind of a different take on it, because we did hear the idea, what if Flock was a candidate, but um, then he somehow stopped believing in what Jacob was doing, or Mm -hmm. if it is all just a facade, he saw through it and said, I'm not going to waste my time on this, and then Jacob was like, ha ha, you're trapped on the island, (laughs) (laughs) whether you like it or not, and he's still like, whatever, I'm not doing what you want. Sounds like siblings, honestly. Um and uh DJ Chow also points out that maybe Jacob was just a normal person like everyone else because he sure died like a normal person. Remember that Walt was capable of doing some weird things as well. Hmm. That is a good thing to keep in mind. Big Daddy Dez says, "The blonde boy" I'm less concerned about whether he is Jacob, Aaron, or someone else. I actually want to know why, when we first see him, his arms are covered in what appears to be blood.
2: I would really like to find that out too. Yeah. Do you think he he
0: killed someone, or we're supposed to think like it's just a just a vision of violence?
2: Um, violence sounds like it could be, you know, that it could be representative of violence, not of actual someone's blood but of just violence and kind of the fact that the island has a pretty bloody past. Yeah.
0: I was just thinking uh, while you were saying that of Macbeth, you know. Yeah. She washes the blood off, but then she can still... She can still see it. See it. She still feels that it's there because she feels the guilt. Yeah. So maybe it is his guilt sort of manifesting.
2: Ooh, I like that. Yeah.
0: Although then it talks to him, which is really interesting. But (laughs) sort of like, remember, you know the rules. Yeah. (laughs) You know, he might be ignoring his conscience, but that might be his conscience showing up interesting uh big daddy Des also says also if we are to assume that the boy was reminding smock that the rules dictate that he cannot kill sawyer as he is a candidate i'm wondering how this will all come back to my boy desmond since the rules don't apply to him nor i (laughs) (laughs) yeah interesting i wonder if we even see desmond
2: what's desmond in the
0: alternate non-jacob timeline doing I don't know. We saw him on the plane, and then he vanished, but we don't even know if that was the vision that only Jack saw. Yeah. Or if he was actually on the plane. So uh, I would guess that if he's in the flash sideways, we'll probably see him pretty yeah. soon. But I don't know. I don't know any spoilers, so.
2: Oh, maybe maybe the little boy is Charlie. Oh,
0: there's another blonde kid to add. Uh-huh. <laughs> but he didn't have an accent. No. Didn't have a Scottish accent. Sorry. Mm. <laughs> Good thought, though. Uh, Carl says, "On the scale, there was one white stone and one black stone, just like Adam and Eve had in their pockets, right?" Mm-hmm. So that's an interesting thing to note. And Milagrofile, A.K.A. Sasha, says, "Why wasn't Kate among the candidates? She was also touched by Jacob, wasn't she?" Yeah, yeah,
2: she was. Maybe she just maybe the actual like being of hand in handcuffs or something somehow. I don't know, maybe somehow that knocked her out of contention. Mm. Or, you know, maybe they just really want a guy to be in charge. Maybe they want someone... Which is very sexist.
0: <laughs> True. Maybe they want someone, um like, better at what they do. Like, everyone else... <laughs> no, like, everyone else got in trouble, but they all got away with it. But yeah. she actually got caught. So maybe yeah. he he needs someone who's sort of self-sufficient, self-reliant, and can can get themselves out of trouble, which... Kate really can't. Like <laughs> yeah. she just causes more trouble by trying to get out of trouble like when she But she can run. She crashed the the truck of the guy with yeah. the fake arm and that just caused him more trouble and her more trouble, but Um Sasha also says bearing in mind last week's episode, it seems that claiming and recruiting is not the same thing. So who or what is responsible for the claiming? This could tie in with Bad Luck and Sawyer seeing the boy. I'm beginning to suspect something even stronger than Jacob and Man in Black to be on the island. Maybe this entity is responsible for the apparitions and the claiming, and it's that entity that has set up the rules for the game. Anyone notice that Sawyer is the only character to be in all three on-island episodes so far? Huh. This is turning out to be his season. I nearly had a heart attack when I saw Sawyer fall off Jacob's Ladder. (laughs) I quote Wikipedia, Jacob's Ladder is a ladder to heaven described in the book of Genesis, which the biblical patriarch Jacob envisions during his flight from brother Esau. Could there be a connection here? Yeah, there could be. Yeah, there definitely could. And I think we need to give a shout out to, uh, Glenn, friend of Heath of the Lost Revisited Now, because last year he was always making jokes about Jacob's ladder. (laughs) We actually found out Jacob
2: had four ladders going down the side of the cliff. I can only imagine what it must have been like for Glenn whenever he saw that. (laughs) Must have been great. And uh, Sasha also says, so now we have
0: the cabin, the statue, and the cave. It looks like Jacob should have gone into the (laughs) real estate business. (laughs) Yeah. Imagine if, uh, if he could actually bring more people to the island and make it a tourist center. Ugh. That'd be terrible for the island. Yeah. But good for, good for real estate.
2: But that could be, you know, what they're trying to protect against, people coming there exactly. for the healing and stuff. Somebody said that at one point yeah, in the series. Yeah, I remember that. Yeah.
0: Uh, Dave in Detroit wrote on the blog, I know Richard is having a bad day, but he's not the least bit stunned to see Lafleur in the jungle 30 years later after the incident. Also, four episodes in, and once again, our losties are scattered across the (laughs) island. There's been a lot of crying so far this season, for good reason, but still it's bringing me down. (laughs) I agree, Dave. I think that each episode has made me come to the verge of tears, at the very least. Really? Yes. Because the first LAX, when they landed, the music was so beautiful, and it was Mm -hmm. sad, and Juliet died again. Yeah. And then in the second episode... uh, Oh, that was um, Sawyer and Kate on the dock, and that was really moving. And then this episode... Um, I don't remember. I, ne-
2: I never. Oh, lock,
0: lock being laid in the in the grave finally. Oh, which was funny that they could walk all the
2: way from the foot to their old burial ground in that short time. But anyway, you know, I saw someone mention the uh, the walks that used to take them two days through the jungle yeah. now take about six minutes. <laughs> yeah,
0: <laughs> we can give them some slack on that though. So okay, Dave, back to your thing about um. Richard isn't surprised to see Lafleur, and you're right, this is after he told Son, I watched these people die, and I'm sure he saw Sawyer there too. Yeah, well... Wouldn't he? I mean, yeah. he, he was just looking over the whole scene. Maybe he didn't see Sawyer specifically, but I guess there's a few options for Richard. He could be just scared for his life, so he's just scared out of his wits, and he's not really thinking, yeah. oh, you were supposed to die 30 years ago. Um, he's also said that he's seen some amazing things happen on this island. Yeah. So it could just be that He's like, oh, one more incredible thing. Somebody raised from the dead. I already thought I saw Added that. It to the tally. Didn't, but maybe this is true. <laughs> or maybe he thought it was just a vision. Probably not, since he was so concerned with saving Sawyer's life, um, getting him away from smock. Or, um, I don't know, he could have just been lying about the whole thing of seeing, watching people die. Maybe he is realizing that he's not really sure of anything that he sees.
2: Yeah, maybe he doesn't feel like he can trust his own perception of things now. Mm-hmm. Uh, Next comment from the blog, from Hooray for
0: Hawking, and sorry if it seems like we're really flying through these, just don't want to make the podcast so long that people don't want to listen to it, (laughs) because I know that can be discouraging sometimes if they're too long, but uh, Hooray for Hawking says, I believe that the LAX timeline was created in 1977 when the bomb went off, and that our characters' lives started to take different paths from that point on in the LAX timeline. I've been thinking about Jacob's touch in this LAX timeline. I think the only person we saw being touched before 1977 was young James Ford. He told Jack in the incident that his parents died in 1976, and that was when we saw Jacob give him the pen after his parents' funeral. So I think that Sawyer is the only person in the LAX timeline that still has the influence of Jacob's touch. I think Sawyer will be a key person... Yeah, interesting. I think Sawyer will be a key person in getting the two timelines to be resolved because of this, and that Jacob knew that all along. Jacob still has a surprise up his sleeve for Smock, and I think Sawyer's overall story will be heroic because of this. However dark of a turn Sawyer looks to be taking on the island, I think his LAX counterpart will make up for it in the end. Keep up the great work, and namaste. Hooray for Hawking.
2: Interesting. I hadn't really thought about the fact that since he got touched before 77, that Mm -hmm. he might be the only one whose life is still... Taking a turn for the worse, I guess. Like, he's
0: still... We don't really know that he's still a con man, but he does kind of protect Kate in the elevator. So yeah, you can kind of gauge it from that and from what he tells Hurley on the plane. So, yeah, that'd be interesting if he's the only one that isn't really redeemed in the other timeline. If Hmm. Kate actually is innocent, which I don't really think she is. Yeah, probably not. But, you know, just in case. (laughs) Um Ben wrote an email and said, What a great episode. This is why I love Lost. The acting between Terry Quinn and Josh Holloway was so impressive, and their storyline in this episode was fantastic. When Sawyer was falling from the cliff, I was expecting Man in Black to turn into Smokey and save him.
2: <laughs> like a <laughs> which, smoky net. <laughs> yeah,
0: which would have been cool, in my opinion. But the obvious highlight was seeing the numbers next to everyone's names. I don't think the flash sideways is what happened after the bomb sunk the island. I don't. I just don't see how Ben could be alive because he was on the island when the bomb went off. I don't think the bomb totally went off. It was leaking radiation for 30 plus years already. And all it did was cause the incident like Miles alluded to. Ben. So Ben's got sort of a different take on um, on the flash sideways and, and hooray for Hawking, you know, had a uh-huh. different, different take. So uh, we still don't really know for sure yet. Yeah. Coke Logic wrote in a couple times to say, "Um, I'm amazed that Ben living off the island in the alternate timeline is not making as big an impact as it should. We last saw young Ben recovering at the others' camp in 77, like we were talking about. So that must mean that the others evacuated the island, like Dharma, for Ben to exist, but they did it without a submarine. And if Ben is alive, who's to say Hawking, Widmore, and Richard wouldn't also be off the island. And if that's true, Hawking and Richard would have all the knowledge of Jack's plan to detonate Jughead. Time would not reset for them because the past was their present. Any number of 77 others could be off-island. So, that's interesting. That's definitely yeah. a different take on that, and we appreciate that. And then, uh, Logic also wrote in again to say, There's certain to be a lot of talk about the man in black recruiting Sawyer at the name cave, so I'd like to say, I don't believe him. Man in black said, The island is just an island and does not need protection. Which is false, as there are many times we've seen manifestations of the island, like Charlie talking to Hurley or Christian visiting Jack. Smoke Monster can't leave the island and Jacob can't shapeshift, so that means a third entity exists. I think the simplest answer is the island itself, like the blonde boy who appeared to the Man in Black warning him of the rules as if he was above him. Which, my prediction is, that was Man in Black's dead son. Just like Alex appeared to Ben, the island is appearing to Man in Black to get that emotional impact so he'll listen. It would also tie in the father-child relationships that Lost is famous for. Ooh, good idea. Yeah, that's an excellent point. So we might be getting the truth, but it's definitely skewed by Man in Black's opinion of Jacob and the island. So much so, we may have a different definition of a candidate. Why would Jacob be looking for a replacement? This isn't Willy Wonka and the Chocolate Factory. Or is it? I think Man in Black wants to split. He can't kill the candidates himself because of the rules, so he's recruiting Sawyer to kill them for him. And he's conning him by giving him three choices. One, do nothing. Two, rule the island, something Sawyer doesn't want. Three, leave something Sawyer wants. I like that point that he makes there about, like, giving Sawyer the choices and how, Uh you know, what does Sawyer actually want? And he's playing into what Sawyer really wants. Um, I don't know if he can really know what's going on inside Sawyer's mind. I mean, he seems to have some knowledge sometimes of... I mean, he knows everything about Locke. Yeah. And probably all his memories and mannerisms and all that sort of thing, how much does he actually know about what's going on in Sawyer's mind?
2: I don't know. That's a really good question, though.
0: Yeah, which would make it a lot easier to con people, <laughs> I <Yeah>. think. <laughs> so uh, we'll see. Maybe he, he can't just read anybody's mind. Maybe that's not an ability that he has. Thanks, Coke Logic, for those emails. We also had a couple emails from Scotty6 just asking some questions, which he also asked on his uh, podcast, his Top 6 and 6 kind of reaction to The Substitute, um, and one, one interesting question that we were sort of emailing back and forth about was, um, what did John Locke do in Sydney for a week in The yeah. Flash Sideways? Because he was supposed to be there for like 10 days. Yeah. If he didn't go on the walkabout and he didn't go on the conference and he was in Melbourne, we know, because, um, the company that he went with was Melbourne Walkabout Tours. Oh, okay. So, I mean, we can at least assume he's in Melbourne and I'm not really sure about distances from places in Australia, but uh, it's a, it's a pretty big place, I think. Yeah. And um, here's here's my theory: What if he went to Isaac of Uluru in those times? Because well, Rainy said you look really tan, so I was like, okay, what's a sunny spot? Because I don't I don't know if a guy in a wheelchair would hang out on the beach. Not sure.
3: I
2: don't know. I think
0: he could have, I guess. But that seemed like a really sunny, like you could drive out there with the windows down and get a suntan on the way and mm-hmm. hang out in the outback. With Isaac of Uluru. What if he went there to see if he could get healed found out that he couldn't? Although that would also take a $10,000 donation or whatever Bernard did for Rose. Yeah. So maybe not. But, you know, that's an idea that I have. Yeah. Um, and then email from Aaron in D.C. who says, Concerning the Flash sideways, what is the point, right? <laughs> Which is sort of what a lot of people are asking. What if the point of these stories is to show us that if Jacob didn't push the Losties to the island that their lives would have turned out just fine? Locke certainly seems to have found acceptance with his disability, satisfaction with a teaching job, and love with Helen, not to mention a possible relationship with his father. Rose, while still tragic, seems to be in a good place with living her life to the fullest while dealing with terminal cancer. Claire seems to have found the courage to be a mother to Aaron. Hurley considers himself the luckiest man alive. Said is on his way to meet Nadia to live happily ever after, free to look both ways before crossing the street. Ben is a history teacher. All of the people that died are still alive, Charlie, Boone, Shannon, Frogert, Doc Arst, and the rest of the 815ers. However, we all know that the island was a place for the Losties to experience dramatic personal growth and start over. Season 1 through 5 showed many cases of redemption from our characters, so there are many reasons why I may be wrong. Kate is still a fugitive. Charlie is still addicted to heroin. Son and Jen could still be having marriage issues. Jack could still become an alcoholic like his father and have lost his marriage to Sarah. James Ford could still be Captain Ahab, tormented by his Moby Dick. Anything else I missed, Asked Aaron. Anything else? I mean... I think he's got a pretty thorough assessment there. Yeah, I think so. I think this is a very thorough assessment of things, and I, I think that... There are kind of pluses and minuses in each timeline, so, yeah. you know, do you want to go where the ones where everyone's working towards redemption, or the timeline where most people are already redeemed? And, and even with the list that Aaron gave, some of these things are like, well, well Jack could become an alcoholic, but you don't know that he's going to. Right. It's just sort of, the potential is still there. Not necessarily removed by being in the timeline, but... Yeah. Who knows? And plus with his father's body going missing... He might turn to drinking even sooner. (laughs) Um, This is from Seth on the blog. He says, I have been thinking about the white and black rocks that we saw on the scales in Jacob's cave and wondering what the inside joke was, which Smock referenced when he threw the white rock into the ocean. What could the joke be? Well, I certainly think it's tied to a conversation between Jacob and the man in black and one we won't see until the opening scene of the season six finale, which I'm certain will take place inside Jacob's cave. It's at this point that I believe we will truly discover who is good and who is evil, who is represented by the white rock and who is represented by the black rock. And he also goes on about um, the black rock and, and how it's not really a coincidence that the ship that we know landed on the island or got tossed up into the middle of the island somewhere mm-hmm. is the black rock. That's the name of, of the ship. And we haven't seen anything called the White Rock in Lost. I wonder if it'll have its counterpart because um, balance has always been yeah. key in Lost. You have something light, something dark. One side is light, one side is dark.
2: Yeah, that wasn't something I'd thought of at all. But that kind of made me think if, since we don't know who's light and who's dark, what if he's throwing the White Rock out into the ocean because that's actually him and that's his hope at escaping? Hmm. Could be, but then the, blacks, the Black Rock weighs down the scale. Yeah. So it's
0: sort of like it's tilted in his favor and kind of like, haha, you're the white rock. I got rid of you. But yeah, I don't know. It's even interesting that Jacob would have a scale there. Because it's really just symbolic, right? Yeah. At least at that point, maybe he used it for weighing out fish or something maybe else. Maybe he's a but... Libra. <laughs> okay. They're the, they're the scales. Oh, okay. <laughs> um, Sterling in Illinois wrote an email to say um, that he has a theory on Adam and Eve. You might have heard this one already, but what if Adam and Eve are the island's previous Smokey and Jacob? In order for the island to maintain its magic, it needs both light and dark. Now that Jacob is dead, the island can't sustain itself because the balance is off. It, uh, for example, the murky temple water. Smokey's true plan was to find a way off the island. He needed to kill Jacob to upset the balance so he could be freed. I think the cave we saw in The Substitute was a list of Smokey's candidates, not Jacob's. And now Smokey needs to trick one of them into becoming the next Smokey. Am I crazy? Probably. (laughs) I had five other theories along the same line as this, including one where Richard Alpert is really (laughs) Eve, but I settled on this one for now. Maybe I'll send those
2: along too. Sure. Send the other ones along, Sterling. We would love to hear them. It's an interesting idea. I mean, if he did find someone to take over being Smokey, then he would theoretically be free. Mm Mm-hmm. So, it makes mm. sense. Yeah. Great. Well, thank you, everyone,
0: for your feedback and all the wonderful emails and comments and voicemails. Uh, we also wanted to thank Chris in the UK, who wrote in just to say that he was listening, even though the episode doesn't air for them till Friday night, and uh, Miss Wright, who got in touch with us and started following us on Twitter this mm-hmm. week. It's great to meet all these new people. Um, before we do the character awards, let's give out our contact information, and then we'll get to that. Um, you can go visit our blog at jacobscabinpodcast.com you can follow me on twitter i am echo base 77 and i am sharp cheddar like the cheese which yep. you were eating earlier <laughs> and you can email Indiana at gmail.com and if you go to the blog jacobscabinpodcast.com you have uh their contact information is all written out so you don't have to remember all this or write it down you can also find the voicemail number send us a voicemail we love hearing what everyone else sounds like um and we like interacting with you guys that way. So, alright, let's get to the character award and then close out this show. So, first, the results from last week. There was a poll on the blog and I got it up late, but I tweeted about it and people were uh, gracious enough to go vote on it. And the result is a tie. We had three candidates last week, so it's a two way tie at the top between Sawyer and Jack, which, as you pointed out to me just a moment ago, Denise. Is the constant battle that we've seen through the whole show. Yeah. Jack versus Sawyer. So they each got 36% of the vote, and then Justin the other for being a thoughtful person. Go, Justin. In, in what Kate does. He got 27%, which is still pretty good. And he actually had an early lead, but then I guess the Sawyer and Jack people came and voted. Mm-hmm. And he got kind of pushed down a little, but that's all right. You know, it was only his only chance, because he's dead. Yeah. But that's all right. That's all right. <laughs> so, this week... It's kind of hard to nominate people. I yeah. wonder if we'll have this kind of trouble all season because we just want to recognize like, you know, somebody does something good or nice or thoughtful, but...
2: Well, we just straight up didn't hard. see that many different people this time. That's true. So my first nomination is for Hurley mm. because, um, you know, in The Flash Sideways, even though... He was the boss of Locke's company and, you know, didn't have to do anything at all. He said, hey, you know, go over to the temp agency, tell them that I sent you, Mm -hmm. and we'll get you taken care of. Yeah. So, you know, I wouldn't imagine that you'd find too many, you know, big boss guys saying that.
0: Yeah, he's a pretty cool boss to have, I think. (laughs) All right, then I would nominate... Helen, again, going with the flash sideways, because like you said, we only saw like three people on the island plus the boy. Yeah. And all of them were either running for their life or conning people or scared to death. So there really wasn't anything there. But Helen, Helen was a uh, really understanding. Mm-hmm. She just, you know, whatever Locke wanted, she just supported him in that you know oh you should call the spinal surgeon okay you don't want to call the spinal surgeon that's all right you know but then even then she's she's saying that's okay you know i just want to be with you but i still believe that there are miracles you know and and that was the interesting thing also because he was sort of losing faith and saying there's no such thing as miracles but she's sort of there to keep his faith alive and say no you you should believe that there are miracles you know even if it doesn't happen to you there, there are things that could still be good about this, and she's going to stick with him no matter what. So, there we go. Helen or Hurley. So, we'll put a poll up on the blog, and you guys can go vote, jacobscabinpodcast.com, and if you want, you can leave us a comment about why you think one or the other. If we have time, we'll read it, but wow, we're really packing a lot into these yeah. episodes <laughs> this season, of everything's sort of coming together here at the end, which is exciting
2: and sad, and crazy yeah and you know it's friday now and we only have three more whole days without another new lost Ooh. so i mean these weeks are really flying by i know it all
0: right well we will keep enjoying season six and we are sure that you all will also thanks for following along with us and we will talk to you next week Music in this episode was provided by the Podshow Podsafe Music Network. Check them out at music.podshow.com.
3: Morning sunshine.
0: Um, I have no idea where I'm going. <laughs> I'm just talking. <laughs> last voicemail, and then we'll move on and hit some emails. And you're gonna pinch my skin with that. <laughs> this is
2: like the best chip clip because it's all like wow, wow, wow! You will not get away from me.
0: <laughs> oh, here's the last voicemail. <laughs> <laughs> That's I like that point that he made there. Oops, I bumped the mic. Thanks for following along with us and we will talk to you next week. They can't hear you nod, Denise. <laughs> <laughs> well, I'm
2: just saying that was a very professional <laughs> I was waiting for your normal bye. <laughs>